Previously, on the Reroll Podcast, the party finally enters the temple grounds, and impressive grounds they are. It might have taken hundreds of years to construct this because an elven builder has that time to spare. She's beautiful. All right. After the titty tree. <laughs> <laughs> they meet the man of the hour, Oracle Yandro Olsen. Bo, I, I understand you seek me out, and you have brought companions? Yes, and one of them needs help. Now. The Justicars pass along some unsettling news about the advancing undead. Many of the living dead who have assailed us in the recent days have been Goliaths, and trade ceased with your people maybe a year or more ago. ago. Yes. Yeah. What happened? They share our concerns about this white dragon with a giant rider. If there's something to fear more than a dragon, it's whatever can control one. As well as Groth's suspicions about who that may be. The Frozen Prince is a tyrant from Kravnok. It seems that he is organizing these orcs and spreading his reign from outside the mountains. But we've done enough sightseeing. We need to get Kiaren on the mend so we can get back on the road. And it's just like a bloody temple to start giving us chores before they can help us. Welcome back to the Reroll Podcast. So I just wanna I just wanna address something. Because oh I've been hearing a lot of shit lately. And uh just to all the to all the naysayers out there, all the fucking, you know, people trying to drag our name through the like through the mud or what have you. I just want you to know this, and I want to be very, very clear. Tanner did not shit his pants last night. There's no proof of it. There's no evidence. So stop it. Stop bringing it up. I don't care. It's getting old. I don't care. I what was supposed to be anonymous. No, as, 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 as I, as I, as, as your, as your attorney, Tanner, I advise I, you. Look, be careful. If I <laughs> pooped my pants. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Where, where'd the poop go? Well, I would like to testify in this. <laughs> Wait, uh, did- I actually saw Zane and Brendan on video, and Zane was eating the evidence. <laughs> That's not, you can't, you didn't submit that to Discovery. I'd like that stricken for the record. The jury's been ordered to completely ignore everything. I need recess, five minutes. Uh, Brendan, can you join me in the back? Uh, Tanner, I'm going to need to see you too. Can I talk to you in the other room, please? <laughs> and I'll leave the jury with these parting words before our recess. If the poop don't fit, you must acquit. Oh, hey. <laughs> why, why, why didn't we do the one the, what we were talking about the other night? The if you is it shitting yourself? Don't. Why didn't we do, do that one? <laughs> if you're walking, yeah. If you're walking down the street and you're naked, and let's not let's not like ask dumb questions like why am I walking down the street naked? Because that's just you're arguing a bad that's faith ridiculous. there. Ridiculous. But if you're walking down the street naked. And you just poop like you don't stop. You don't squat. You don't like spread your cheeks or anything, but you just poop flies out of your butt. Have you shit yourself? Like, well, I don't like I, I want to consider that. Consider that phrase specifically like shitting yourself. Like, how do you define shitting? I think yourself? if the shit when you're walking hits your ankle or the back of your leg, then yes, that's an interesting. In- yeah, point. interesting take. Okay. I'll put mine last because I already formed an opinion because we've already had me, Tanner and Zane have already had this conversation last. This is your fault. Ayla. Last weekend. I, hope you know I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't. Don't poison the well. Don't shit yourself where you eat. <laughs> I would also like to posit the fact that I 
submitted this to chat GPT and it did agree that in order to shit yourself, the act of shitting yourself is kind of defined by like you're shitting into something that is on yourself. So clothes are like almost like a necessary component if you are going to shit yourself. Otherwise, you just shit. I'm sorry, but why is AI the reference for human philosophy? Philosophy. I actually, yeah, I this is a question of philosophy. <laughs> no, this is definitely sure. a philosophical question. I agree. Yeah. So wait, okay, okay. By sure. that definition, then, if I put a bucket on my head and I shit in the bucket <laughs> while it's on my head, I have shat myself. How would you I mean, have? I, how? I'm really curious how you accomplish that, but I'd say yes. Dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> I put a tube to the bucket for my ass. Objection. Relevance. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I feel like there needs to be a stronger word for that, like schizophrenia or something. <laughs> Should you get into your bucket into a bucket on your head through a tube? Yeah. Look, if if you're going to take that away from me, then like you might as well just fucking just stamp a big communist flag over the U.S. flag because I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to Canada where they have nice ah, shit. They got nice buckets. Well, my point was it's either it's like the intention. It's like if were you trying to shit or was it an accident? Because if it's an accident, you shit yourself. But if it's if you did on purpose, you didn't shit yourself. I mean, you know, that's also like, yeah. That was my point previously, but that also, does that mean if you intentionally, by that logic, if you intentionally poop your pants, you did not shit yourself? Well, you pooped your pants, you didn't shit yourself. Well, I would argue that those are kind of the same thing. Well, it's not not all instances of shitting yourself. Yeah, not all instances of shitting yourself are pooping your pants, but if you pooped your pants, you definitely shit yourself. Now, not shitting all... your shorts is a different. <laughs> shorts are still pants. Shitting your jorts. Okay, well, let's not let's not go there, Tanner. If you, uh, sh- I don't. It's an entirely different debate. <laughs> anyway, here's some Pathfinder. <laughs> anyway, you know, shit I'm ourselves. This. <laughs> this is your fault, Ava. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, it was too close to what we've already had the conversation. I had to know what everyone else thought because there's such gotta a be fucking somebody, weird conversation. There's got to be somebody who has stuck it out for like sixty five episodes, and it's like maybe <laughs> they'll get a little more mature. Maybe their jokes will get better. Maybe they'll the content will become just a little bit a more little, compelling. Yeah. And then they listen to this. Either that or like, like somebody from Paizo's listening and they're like, you know what? These guys are pretty good. And then they listen to this and like, sit them with a seat. This is the, this, this is the episode that they like submitted to their boss <laughs> or something. Be like, Maybe we should bring them on as an official podcast. Jason Bowman, it's just a- if you're listening, we're better than this. Sometimes. <laughs> but there's Except a 50 50 episode. <laughs> and yeah. there's a 50 50 chance that the icebreaker is going to be about poop. It's just the reality of this podcast. <laughs> That's true. But also, bring it to the, the poop breaker. There has to be at least one person who has their own opinion on this topic and should write into us. Yes, yeah. please. I've been wanting to actually post in the Discord, um, put the icebreakers in there for other people to put theirs in. And so we can That's see anyone one. who's active yeah, but- there. But I keep forgetting, so I'll try to remember. Well, the thing is, though, like yeah. making sure you're not putting it before our show comes out. No, I guess you could I put it, and then they could listen in and yeah, and my hear what yeah. Say after. was before the show. Yeah, yeah, because it's not it's not like a spoiler. It's like you you get to tune in and figure out what the our answers are and yeah, have, form your true. own opinion. So 
I have to listen to this podcast on Monday. How am I going to find out if they shit themselves? <laughs> I just I'll I'll settle this for you right here. There's a there's a very good chance on any given week that at least one of us has shit our <laughs> pants or ourselves. Excuse me. I mean, me. half of us have IBS, so like I shit somebody else's self on a regular basis. <laughs> That's another part That's of not, the conversation. It's not, not mine. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> because it's his boss. TMI. <laughs> we got into this. Like a few weekends ago and it, hey, hey, it didn't end anywhere pretty <laughs> it, ended, it ended it ended in somebody's pants and we're gonna let you guess who. <laughs> next week guess whose pants the shit was <laughs> guess who zane guess shit, who shit my wait, pants you, yeah i guess who shit my pants <laughs> america's hottest new game show <laughs> whose pants is pants. this <laughs> speaking of america's hottest new game show Let's pivot on over to our Pathfinder game. Can't really... It's hard to transition from shitting yourself to our game because you don't really want to draw those parallels. But we did it. We're here. Yeah. In fact, we're going to open up with howling wind carrying a dusting of snow across these great wooden doors that make up the main gate of the Temple of Dawn and Dust. As they creak open, a man, well, an elf, rather, adorned in heavy winter clothing, armored, ready for battle, holding under his arm a rope ladder, exits the temple, followed by a dwarf right behind him, puffing on an old milk gar. Vesserin turns to you, Flint, and he says, I don't like being too far away from the temple, especially now that bow is back, so let's stay together and stay close. For reference, how far away is the moat from, like, the wall itself? The moat is about 20 feet. However, it spans across another 20 feet and then goes all the way around the castle okay so there's quite a bit to do here well don't worry there Vesser and we'll we'll try to make a uh, short work of these bodies and um Flint's kind of itching to go like he's going to, is there I'm assuming there's a bridge that goes over like the front section of the moat yep and it is lowered yeah okay meaning you can lower meaning it's down I can yeah, walk on yeah, it yeah correct okay yeah Flint will just kind of like toe the edge and peer down and try to find the closest uh, body that looks like it might be an orc. Uh, yeah, give me a perception check. Okay. Does it, um, I guess this could also be in the perception role, but uh, does it look like these bodies have been here for a while? Yeah, 27. 27? Okay. You look out over this pit, and you see a kind of surprising array of corpses several of the Kravnok orcs impaled on these spikes below. Two goliaths about the size of Groth. And then a few humans and even a halfling. And these corpses are a little bit hard to, at least from this distance, sort of 
decipher how long they've been there, especially with the cold and the snow they've kept rather preserved. But one thing you do see with that perception is several of these corpses are moving, impaled on these spikes, and letting this low sort of moan creak out. Be careful, dwarf. And he takes the rope ladder and attaches it to two sort of studs on the side of this bridge and throws it down. Some of these can still be very dangerous. Flint kind of nodding at the stirring bodies and just under his breath mutters that. Oh, that's, that's bloody unsettling. And then he'll grab the rope ladder and slide down carefully. Okay. Your feet crunch with the snow underneath you. Crunch. <laughs> hey, I don't know how I got here. Please get out. <laughs> for more for flavor's sake, uh, can we say like Vesseran brought like a couple of like spears for like kind of trying to dispose of these corpses? Yeah, for sure. Spears and then okay. torches. Yeah. Now, remember, I know I know we kind of hand waved like the plan, but um. Like I think in between episodes, but like we're we're coming down here to like burn these. Yes, is what's going yes. on. Okay. So, I'm gonna actually require a a, a check from you here. Um, we can. There's a little wiggle room, but I'm thinking athletics. I know. What am I doing exactly? Just prying these bodies off, or carefully maneuvering between them and lighting them on fire. Um. I was thinking, I don't remember, I think it's Kiaran who has this, but you might. Warfare? Yeah, I don't have any warfare skills. I mean, I I do have a decent athletics. Well, you tell me, is there something that you are kind of I mean, I would think almost just to be, because there's no, again, we're in Pathfinder, there's no sleight of hand, right? That's like a thievery thing, so. Correct. I don't know, I'm more just trying to think about, like, Flint's ability, I mean, I'd almost argue stealth, actually, like his ability to kind of maneuver, like sort of largely unseen or like undetected between these bodies. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, give me a stealth roll. Okay. Yeah, not great. 21. That's going to be enough. So over the course of probably an hour or two, you're sort of weaving in and out of these jagged spikes coming out of the ground. This pit's about 10 foot high, just high enough to make it almost impossible to get out of without tools. And you and Vesseran kind of fall into line and fall into a step of stepping through, and Vesseran has his uh, this spear in one of his hand and just kind of sinking it into the back of the head of a moving uh, undead Goliath, removing it, and then taking the torch to his back, maybe even dumping some oil on him. And you're a little bit away from him, maybe five, ten feet still within sight, and you come up on this sort of blue-skinned Kravnok orc, and it's kind of... like trying to pry itself out of this jagged spike, but just kind of sinking lower and lower onto it. Mm. Yeah, Flint will sort of approach this thing and under his breath and just say uh, hey there laddie need you to hold still for a minute and try to like work his spear 
sort of like in a way to like you know pierce its neck but also kind of like lift it up a little bit so he can kind of see its chest area okay yeah I think the head of your spear kind of hits that soft spot underneath the jaw and just maybe even it pierces his skin a little bit and you lift up and one thing you see immediately is a strange brand on his chest that's exactly what I was looking for this brand is familiar to you however there's a strange addition to it what uh what does this brand look like it's not like super elegant or complicated it's basically just um frost knuckle like has this like i don't know he has like this like icy dagger thing and he just kind of like it's, it's not so much of a brand as well i guess it's like a cold brand that's kind of a thing but it's basically just like five like jagged lines kind of moving down from the collarbone down towards the breast and they like the lines get shorter as they go right beneath it is a strange rune in a language I don't think you speak and it is pulsing rhythmically and it's mesmerizing locking your gaze and this purple light emanates from it familiar and ominous what in the Flint's kind of transfixed on it just as he gets closer just what in the bloody hell as he gets a little too close this thing like probably tries to like work its way down on the spear and like take a bite at him yeah I think it like flings its arm around and it's hand which has been severed mostly by an arrow kind of hangs on a string of flesh and rips off and just the hand starts like crawling towards you scurrying along like a spider and grabs at your ankles what do you do Flint just just ah, like lifts his foot up and just stomps down on it like either hopefully kill it but just hold it in place and then well this is happening after he pins it, just grab the haft of the spear and ram it up into this thing's brain. The spear sinks in. And the orc's eyes roll into the back of its skull. And this pulsing light on that brand suddenly illuminates to a high intensity and almost crackles with heat. And disappears. Disappears entirely? Entirely. And hmm. give me an occultism check. You got a big fat plus zero to that. And yep, seven. Yeah, you don't know what the hell is going on, but you do see these sort of shadowy vapors leaving this orc's body through any any way it can ears eyes nose mouth and it's almost imperceptible but you have no idea what you just saw well more questions it seems and uh flint will take a second and scribble that rune as best as he can recall what it looked like on like a piece of paper or whatever and then um after that take his these are uh, 
could Flint easily, like, cut this brand, like, flay that piece of skin off if he wanted to? Or are they, like, pretty frozen? I think you could do it with enough time. Okay. Yeah. Flint will take a minute and cut that cut that piece of skin off with the brand. And I think you're about halfway through, and you hear a voice. Oh, let me see. And you hear a voice right behind you, much closer than you anticipate. What are you doing, dwarf? Flint kind of startled for a second, just turns over, like, turns over his shoulder, kind of, but still working on this brand. This is a gathering evidence. Getting some snacks for later. Can't get some beef and some, some more jerky. jerky. <laughs> <laughs> Orc rinds. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <Right> there. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> take a re-roll for that. <laughs> yeah, I really point. like Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Get your favorite orc rinds. <laughs> Straight off an undead crab knock orc. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Fuentil just say, don't worry. We're burning the rest of them. Well, this... More or less brings me to something I wanted to talk to you about, Flint. Aye. How exactly do you know, Bo? The holy man? Uh. Can't say. Can't say I really do. I mean. If I'm being honest, I've only really known these people for what? It's been like two weeks now? Yeah. Might ask you the same thing. You seem like you're pretty close. We are. I took Bo in as a student when he was younger. I taught him the ways of fighting and channeling powers through deities. He's a smart lad. He's saved more than one life since I've known him. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good one. Look, I've traveled the world. I've been from Grimholt to Solsperia. And Flint, not to sound too brash here, but I think I know what kind of man you are. I don't make too much of an effort to hide it, Flint kind of says with a smile. Yeah. What happened to you when the world shattered? Did you dream of anything? Yeah, Flint gets a distant look in his eye. Aye, I did. But from what I've heard, that seems to not be a unique experience. Lots of people went through a lot of things when the sky broke. Yeah. Don't tell... Bow, but I saw something too. And I need you to make sure it doesn't happen. I don't might believe in fate or anything of that like, if that's what you're getting at. But if I did, don't you think it might be better if I don't know what it is? Seems like Machinations of man have a way of self-fulfilling. 
Perhaps. Perhaps. That being said, if you feel the need to share, I'm all ears. Well, Flint's kind of dousing this uh, orc in oil, getting ready to burn it. Look. I know you and I likely don't see eye to eye on philosophy a lot. But Dwarf, if it comes down to it and it's your life or Bo's, think carefully about that decision. Because I don't know what a smuggler can do to stop this. And he looks up into the dark sky. And Flint kind of looks up after him. He says, uh, you know, I think we all have our part to play in this when the day's done. Nods to himself and tosses the torch over and lights the orc up. And you guys sort of are transfixed in that moment as the light of the burning corpse illuminates the pit. And we're going to pan on over to our big old buddy Groth. Oh, I'm going to the forge. 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 I am the forge. <laughs> Groth, you are at the arm the of Emin. No. In the forge. The fires warming this entire room. The sound of metal being clanged on by Mia Lunter. And this old, rather crotchety gnome is throwing together what seems to be a travel bag. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're going to need a little bit of this. And then he looks over at you and he's like, let me see your arm. Oh, of course, anything. And he hooks his cane around it and it like clicks and in several jointed places and just kind of wraps around for a measurement. And he's like, mm, interesting, all right. Uh, here. And he pulls out of something you see very familiar, a bag of holding, this pickaxe that's about the size of him. And he's taking his two hands, he's like trying to lift it out. And he's like, ah. give me a hand with this, please. Oh, of course. Grothel, uh, Grothel reach in and help him pull it out and you pull it out and it's got this dark timber handle but the metal on top of it is this cool dark blue iron my god who made this <laughs> who do you think this my large friend we must use if we are going to mine some cold iron ore. You can't just chip away at it with regular basic tools. No, I can't imagine you could. It'll break a normal tool. Break through five. I'm sorry, I'm just picturing this conversation happening while uh, Groth is, like, holding it, and the guy is still, like, hanging onto it, just kind of <laughs> dangling off of it. 
<laughs> his cane's still wrapped around his bicep. Yeah, he's just like holding it. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And he holds the cane up to your chest and then up from like your shoulder to your waist. He's like, mm, I think I have a size to fit you. Mia. Well, no, I'm a little big for, for my coin. Yeah, quite. And it's rather inconvenient, actually. Let me tell you the secrets of this material I've developed called spandex. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look fabulous. Yeah. And the young elf is like, yes, Dr. Hotrun. Uh, please go to the back and fetch me the double XL harness. Oh, how is your ability to climb, big one? Oh, it's okay. I've, uh, I've done a little rock hopping in my day. Well, we'll have to do a little bit more today. And this young elf brings out this harness. And it's, it seems to fit you, but it's two leather straps attached to this sort of... <laughs> for lack of the better term, it looks like a baby carrier, but backwards. And do you put it on? What is this? How How, how does it... Oh, got it up. never seen anything arm, like this. Arm through, the, arm through the strap. What's oh. the strap? Oh, oh, nope. It's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on. You put it on and... With great this, effort. <laughs> and this old gnome hooks his cane onto it and pulls himself up and climbs into the seat in the back. <laughs> and he's like... Don't worry, I don't weigh too much. I shouldn't slow you down. But come now. And he slaps your ass with the cane. Oh, I need one of these for a suitcase. <laughs> Smacks my ass. I'm like, oh. You're probably the biggest person I've ever seen wear this, so you can have it after we're done. Oh, fantastic. That little man is never going anywhere away from his daddy again. <laughs> and he's like, come now. And he's... he's uh, points you to outside of this temple if you're willing to go. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you can pretty much use me like a mount. Do okay. you enthusiastically consent, though? Of course. So <laughs> Please. Please point with that cane. Yeah, I think... Point harder. <laughs> I think to take a step back a bit, we see, like, you're up, uh, Shadow... <laughs> Just uh, like talking to Jessica, uh, Shadow or Kiaran? Sh what did I say? Shadow. Oh, uh, I was Shadow? actually Shadow? I actually met Starlet. Oh no. <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, we did that. That's a whole thing, and now we're continuing yeah. to do it. Great, good stuff. Uh, I, yeah, Starlet. I think you're up talking on the ramparts to Jessica's spirits, and and you just kind of glance <clears throat> over and see Groff with a little gnome on his back, like. Cane outward, like charge! <laughs> I like to imagine on all, all fours, just running full. <laughs> yeah. My antlers straight forward. Well, only the harness is designed like for like upright creatures. Yeah, so, that, like, <laughs> so he's, he's like, just, like right falling out of it. <laughs> yeah. Starts like, <clears throat> um. Well, I suppose at least he's having fun, and she just kind of shakes her head and gets back to her conversation. <laughs> Okay. And really quick, as we start moving that way, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Groth has a has a shower thought all of a sudden. He stops dead and he stands up and he's like, "What? Sorry, what's this guy's name? 
Kel Hotrin. Dr. Kel Hotrin. Professor. Dr. Kel Hotrin. Sorry. (laughs) Professor Esquire. (laughs) What would happen? He's going to pull out his bag of holding. Says, if I put this in that. He's going to point at the bag of holding that the the professor has. You know, some say that's how the ancient city of Arcadia plummeted to the earth and rose up a city of the dead. So unfortunately, you can't try it here. Maybe we'll try it somewhere with the dead already risen. I do have my theories about it. I believe it would lead you to the arcane plane, but unfortunately there, well, according to legend, is some sort of dreadnought that stalks that place for extra planner travelers and rip you in pieces. So it's like the Washington State Patrol. It's like speeding. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. I'm going to get back on all fours and keep charging. <laughs> you exit from this great, beautiful gate, and you make your way outside the walls with Kel Hotrin strapped to your back like a knapsack. In the middle of, like, Jessica Vesserin and Flint's, like, introspective moment of, like, looking up in the sky, just fucking Groth just clomps by on all fours with, like, no riding on his huh? That ain't. <laughs> panting like a <laughs> charge Besserin have you met Groth <laughs> oh god <laughs> you eventually get up to this sheer jagged cliffside that goes up hundreds of feet and it's behind the temple and Dr. Hotrin extends a long, bony, wrinkled finger upwards, and he says, There. About 50 feet up, you see this cluster of this blue sheen rock. It's clearly some sort of ore. And he's like, That is so much dark iron. Oh, God, this is gonna be fucking great. I thought you called it cold iron in the last Cold iron. (laughs) It's so much of whatever I said before. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Groth, give me... I'm thinking athletics check. I'll listen to some arguments if you have any. I was thinking diplomacy. (laughs) Deception. We're there. (laughs) (laughs) Just mining rock. Here you go. Um, Yeah, I would. I would think athletics would work for Groth. He's he's certainly not going the acrobatic route. Kind of just like grabbing shit and just tearing the cliffside apart trying to climb it. (laughs) Okay, give me an athletics roll. That'll be a thirty. That is a critical success. God damn. Okay. You scale up these jagged rocks with ease, and I think any place where you even would momentarily struggle to find a place to put your hand, you just pull out a chunk of rock and make a place. And eventually you (laughs) get up to this cold iron deposit, and 
without even being off balance, hanging by one hand and swinging this pickaxe with the other, you perfectly excavate this cluster of ore, not leaving a single, single bit behind. And you're able, uh, we'll just roll over this this critical success. You're able to sort of heave it over your shoulder and descend downwards. And the entire time, Dr. Hot Rin is like, yes, yes, yes. He's like, you are quite good, quite a gifted student, young man. I need more. No, wait, no, wait. I need to melt this down. <laughs> yes, yes, come, come. <laughs> Said that really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Gross already. Gross already. He already has. Already there. Yeah. I, I've done it good, twice since I started my life. Good, Gross. <laughs> now kill him. <laughs> so he, or rather, you bring Kel down. You have this significant chunk of cold iron, and you go back to the forge and just kind of boom, place it. And Mia's like, well done well done this is so much we can make so much iron with this of of course dr hotter and we should we should make one for them right it's like, yes yes of course of course uh tell you what uh young man for your help today i will give you a couple things i will have me immediately start working on a cold iron armor set for anybody in your party uh, well, one set, of course. We'll have to use the others to arm some of our just the cars. Of However, course. I will also teach you a trick I have found. Now, I told you the rules have changed of forging. The flames heat differently and runes encompass magic in the air. I will teach you how to make weapons more striking. I would love to know my forge. Back in Black Pillar. May have heard of it, maybe not. Doesn't matter. You saw it. You saw our smoke. I can promise you that. My forge in Black Pillar was made for this. Mm. And it never got to unleash its full potential. He kind of, like, places a hand on your calf. Would be your shoulder, but there's no way he can reach. <laughs> and he's just like, Well, you're here now, and you have full access to the amenities. So, mechanically, and we can decide this off-air, but uh, you will get, over the next couple days of crafting, one cold iron armor set, Cold Iron gives you some extra resistance to demons, and I believe fiends, but I'll have to check on that. And you also get a recipe for striking rune. So, Groth, effective today, you can now imbue any weapon with a plus one. It, nice. It will take at least hmm. four days with a crafting check, um, but you can get started immediately, and of course you have to have mm -hmm. access to a forge. Uh, and while you are here, in fact, as Mia's sort of stoking the the smelter and, and is like kind of teaching you how to smelt cold iron, she's like, you actually have to keep it at really low temperature. It's it's it can become brittle and unstable if heated up too quickly. Um, also, 
We do offer a couple things for sale you might be interested in. We have several more formulas. Um, we actually have kind of a disturbing leather armor, a ghoul hide that I was able to fashion. Uh, but we have a formula for a shadow room to imbue armor with to help with more stealthy missions or, or objectives. And we also have a weapon potency room to make your weapons strike harder. So we'll visit this off air, but uh, you guys yeah. we can revisit the bank and yeah, we can get some formulas. Uh, they've got some stuff you could buy. I'm gonna uh, after uh, oh, I appreciate the commodities, of course. You know, have we? Hmm? Sorry, I was. Have we bought anything in this campaign? Yet? I don't think so. Have we been to any market or like any merchant or anything? Been to no, a bar. and we'll. I'll, I'm gonna off air dump a list of stuff in the shop for you sure, guys. Yeah. We don't have to have three role play episodes of you guys figuring out what to buy. That's <laughs> the most exciting part, though. This is hard, fast. Capitalism. Exhilarating capitalism, yes. <laughs> Retail therapy. Um, <laughs> which is a final note before I begin working, or as I begin working, um, I'm going to turn to, what, what What was her name? Again? Uh, Mia Luntair. Yeah. I'm going to turn, I'm going to say, Mia, you know, the doctor up there, he was, he was really something. I wish you could have seen him swinging that pickaxe. That man made me look like a wimp. He's going to turn to the doctor and just kind of wink. She gives you a soft smile and looks at Dr. Hot Ren and says, He's only lying to himself. God's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't try, Doc. <laughs> yeah, and I think Dr. Hot Ren's like, I appreciate the effort, but don't let Mia's good looks fool you. She's quick-witted and clever as hell. She's also 300 years old. <laughs> I'm only 40. Yeah, I'm 190. <laughs> She's much older than I am. What, what happened My to grandma, you? if you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I don't have elven blood. Damn, what a gilf she is. <laughs> I don't like that. You shouldn't. And now we're going to pan on over. to Kiaren. Kiaren, you are following this young druid and her leshy. It's been a couple minutes since you parted ways with Bo and had agreed to help this elf. Did I catch her name? Her name is Zara Delamule. She's got green eyes very soft voice and in fact the last maybe 10 minutes you've been with her she hasn't looked back towards you said anything the only sort of acknowledgement you've gotten is this turnip leshy looks back at you and just kind of gives you this weird like hard dirt root grin and we're in like a garden yeah you're in what's affectionate, affectionately called the pantry uh, but officially called the botanical gardens this is just this insane, chaotically, chaos, but organized expanse of fruits, vegetables, different herbs, 
even trees. Uh, and Bunch of weed. Yeah, you come across this pot farm. Uh, There's a bunch all the tantry AK-47 <laughs> staring you down. Fish hooks on low line. peyote in one, one area of it. Welcome to Humboldt County. <laughs> um, I think Kieran doesn't even notice that she's not looking back as she's falling because she's like too absorbed in looking at all the amazing and interesting plants around her. Um, trying to see if she spots any that she recognizes or seen in a book. And uh, also being careful because with her experience with a lot of plants is they are very dangerous. <laughs> okay. Kieran, looking around these plants and fruits and vegetables, all sorts of agriculture, these things shouldn't be growing at the same time. They shouldn't be growing together in the same climate. This is all this kind of natural magic wonderland. You seem to have quite the gardening skills here. She turns back and gives you a smile looking at you from the side and gestures down towards a plant. Come with me (laughs) and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. The snozzberries. Oh, I'd love that. Like <laughs> She's really quiet until she <laughs> starts she doing sings. this shit, and you're like, oh my god, let's get out get of here. Get on my nightmare boat. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Uh, where he's like, there's no telling where we're going. And the- <laughs> she was scared. Is the Grizzly Reaper mowing? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Wonka, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't want to go on this trip anymore. That kid I think drowned. Three out of the- they had three out of the remaining four kids just pissed their pants. <laughs> and all of the adults did, too. <laughs> Welcome to hell, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if that was at some point, yeah, Willie works. Welcome to hell, bitch. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Zara turns back at you and gives you this sort of side smile and gestures down towards a plant with these sort of jagged white leaves. And she says... Take a seed. Yaren will lean down and inspect the plant. Does it look familiar to her? Give me a nature check. Does it moan when you take a seed from it? <laughs> 16. 16. <laughs> yeah, moans. Does really not good. look familiar. Oh, no, 19. But, but as it probably doesn't make a difference. 19. So close yet so far away. Does not. <laughs> look familiar but when you kneel down to it almost as if at the whim of Zara the head of the plant of the flower rather just deposits like a handful of seeds into the soil in front of it like almost spitting it out of its mouth I'll pick one up you get to this place where two trees are intertwined and twisted together to make this canopy of old wood. And she says, This is Bo's. I haven't cleared it since the incursion, but I thought it'd be nice for somebody to do it. Care to join me? Does this look like a garden or 
It looks like almost a secret little garden cove. Alright. I wouldn't mind the labor and being in nature is refreshing. Be careful. There's been some dangerous things to enter my gardens since the incursion. What sort of things? Things that should not grow here. Mysterious, but I will keep an eye out. Okay. Uh, do you enter? I'll pull my sword out. Shing! And enter. <laughs> okay. Entering in, you see this vast array of local flora and fauna, things definitely predominant around the Riverlands. I assume you probably have picked up on some of this, just being f in the area of the Forest of the Oak that's close to the Tibble. There are some familiar things in here. All these seem pretty, pretty um, local and... and they make sense to be growing here in this nature, in this climate, in this environment. Go ahead and give me another nature check. Twenty-eight. Man, you guys are crushing these checks. Oh, just wait. Yeah, there's a couple more to go. Twenty-eight. At the back of this room, there is a humanoid-shaped tree figure, lifeless, and it's color covered in these orange-yellow vines. You know this to be a Centiflora, an oak warden. Perhaps you even ran into one or two in the Force of the Oak. These primal protectors watch over places of natural beauty and power and wonder acts as sort of a sentry. However, these orange-yellow vines that cover it are foreign. And I think you realize at this point that this is Saproot, a malicious fungi that infects and corrupts and controls sentient plants. And you haven't been noticed yet, but you know that if you are, the sentry will become violent. What would you like to do? Do I know of any way to remove the saproot without harming the thing it's corrupting? You know that a pheromone well, we'll roll over your nature check. You know that a pheromone from a common plant called a river lily, um, what if kind of crushed lightly, uh, it'll release it from one of the flowers, and you know that that will remove the saproot. And sure enough, river lilies are grown at the base of or on at the banks of the Tybalt, and there is some right here. Like I see it. Yeah. Do I have to move closer to get to it? Yes, you do. Um, I'll turn to Zara and uh, 
just say, Well, it appears we are in need of some river lily. I see some over there, but do you by chance have any that's not within range of this creature at the moment? She gives you a nod and picks up her leshy and whispers something to Pew Pew and puts him down and he's like, and he starts like running sort of how kids run just head first out of this place. (laughs) Maybe 10, 15 minutes later, he comes back with this just handful of river lily. Cool. Uh, I will crush it in. Do I need to like put it on it or just like bring it closer? You just need to bring it closer. I will do so. And so you crush it, holding it out in your hands and bring it closer. And I think at one point, the sentry does sort of activate and lifts its bark skin hands and shield and just kind of gets into a fighting pose, pulling back this sort of wooden faux sword made of lumber. And then this creeping root just sort of curls and withers away and falls off the back of him, and he just goes back into a neutral position. I'll kind of give a slight bow to the guardian before turning back to Zara. You handled that with grace. Thank you. And she pulls out this small tied bag in this dark burlap sack and hands it to you. This is a moderate tanglefoot bag. Go ahead and add that to your inventory. When you use this to throw at an enemy, it can slow them and potentially immobilize them. Cool. Okay, and we're going to pan on over to Starlit Moonbow. Star, you are atop the ramparts with just the car. Fuck, what's her name? You are on top of the ramparts with just the car spirits. And she says, So I understand you have some skill in the art of subtlety. Indeed, I do tend to be among the stealthier in our group. Good. I talked to your stinky friend, and I pointed out something to him. Look up there, on the horizon, cliffside. Give me a perception. Can I argue advantage because she's telling me where to look? Sure. (sighs) Okay, uh, that is going to be... I think 15 was what I got because the other one was a nat one, so. Okay. Oh, also, there's no advantage. Yeah, I was going to say, is like, am I misremembering that? I don't think there's advantage, right? No. Yeah. Well, the first one that I got was not a natural one. It was the 15 anyway, so. Might be. I think you, you cannot see whatever she's pointing out. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, well, hopefully your abilities to infiltrate are better than your abilities to scout. But there is a orc who has been lingering 
in our territory, keeping an eye on us in tabs, and no doubt logging the arrival of your crew. This orc is small and weak, I've seen him, and I'm sure he will be of no danger, really. But I cannot leave my post. And I need to make sure that any orcs getting this close know their fate. I want you to go kill him. And I want you to leave his corpse as a warning for anyone who would creep this close to our home. I suppose I can only hope that the uh, gods favor my stealth and killing abilities today. Are we doing this now? Am I doing this now? Yes. Go show them what they should fear. Give me a stealth check. Or you can argue something else, but I think stealth might work for you. Yeah. 25. Okay. So you leave the temple, cross the bridge, look over, see Groth leaping on all fours across the valley and flint burning bodies in the in the moat it's totally okay if your answer is no to this because i don't personally think there's really a reason that flint would know this is going on but is there any reason to think that flint could catch wind of what's happening probably not think you're oh yeah okay doing your own thing and her stealth was really good yeah and i think you sort of creep up and go up this old goat trail that Jessica Spiritson advised you, and you managed to creep over and around to this orc's sort of camping spot. This dinky little dark leather tent flaps in the wind while a low embered fire roasts a rat on a stick. And he's sitting there just kind of like sipping on a flask. You're in oh, a yeah, bush. Stick rat. Yeah, hell yeah. It's rat time, baby. Stick, yeah, stick rat. It's my favorite snack. And he's in a bush, or you're in a bush, rather. Maybe. He's in the bush? He's in the bush. Maybe they're both in a bush. You don't see each other. You're just staring <laughs> at the camp. <laughs> you're in a bush maybe 15 feet away. What would you like to do? Um, First and foremost, I would like to draw both of my daggers. Just so that's known if I'm able to do that. Yeah, definitely. Great. Okay, so I have those out. And I guess um in retrospect to the fire and where he's at, am I like to the left or right of him? Am I behind him? Like where am I at? I think you are behind him. Behind him? Okay. Alright. I think that Star is going to attempt to do something sneaky, as she does. I think Star wants to try to get up behind him, and she wants to, like, what she's going to attempt to do is place, like, a dagger on his neck in the front, and one pressing from the back as well. Okay. Yeah, you can do that, for sure. Actually, give me an attack roll. Okay. With 
one of the daggers. Yeah. And he's going to be flat-footed. Okay. He's flat-assed on a log. Flat-assed. Okay. Uh, 32. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. You definitely just... But as he takes the rat off the fire, goes to take his first bite of it, and feels <laughs> the dagger just against his neck. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh. Yeah, and I'm sure if he tries to jerk back, he feels the cold of the <laughs> steel dagger behind. Please, please don't kill me. She is going to lean down to his left ear. And uh, let's see, I think she's going to kind of nuzzle a little bit there. And she'll say, It seems... That you are not in a place where you are supposed to be, my friend. What brings you here? I don't know what you're talking about. I live here. It's obviously a lie. The She'll press the bow God. dagger that's on his neck further. God. He's like, I don't believe that, silly. God. Tell me what you're doing here. And she, I think, wants to try a uh, intimidation. Okay, roll it. For the circumstances, I'll give you a plus four since you kind of have gonna, this. I was gonna say uh, orc dead to rights here. Thirty-four. <laughs> oh God! What do you want to know? What do you want to know? <laughs> Why do you watch those lovely people in the temple over there? I'm supposed to report on what happens. We're supposed to be on the lookout. For what exactly? For, for the new people who just arrived. The giant and the dwarf and their friends. Do your people know about this yet? Uh, uh, yes. I met with somebody yesterday. Well. It seems that our time is up, my friend. Perhaps in the next life, wait, we'll be wait. on the winning side. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Speak your piece. If you spare my life, I will go back, and I'll tell Frost Knuckle myself I was wrong. I'll, I'll fix this. I think Star mulls this over a bit, and before, I mean, I think she gives him almost enough time to think that maybe she's going to let off. And then without saying another word, she takes the uh, blades and she pulls her hands aside and just nearly cuts his head off. Blood begins to pool around his neck. So for flavor's sake, if you'll allow it, I would like to think that there is some sort of big stone here, maybe facing or like a big rock that he's been maybe hiding behind, hiding his camp at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. 
And I think with her, um, with this blood kind of spurting out of the, uh, orc's neck, she's going to take it and write on the rock in big letters facing out away from, uh, like back towards where his camp, or his, like, people assumedly are. And, let's see, it will say... Buy two, get one meal yeah. of equal mm-hmm. or less of value free. Yeah, buy one stick rat, get Fridays. two stick rats free, because I'll break it in half for you. <laughs> <laughs> Something along the lines of play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Uh, and then I think from there she's actually going to make this even more gruesome. Um, and she's going to chop his body parts up kind of, like, as much as she can, like, she's gonna try and take, like, maybe the forearms and stick them on either side of the rock and the head right in the middle of them. Oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> she And she's, this whole time, she's just kinda, like, has this crazed look in her eye. She's been, <laughs> she's been going through some shit in her head. Yeah. I imagine Star's probably pretty bloodlusted, like, recently, like, really wanting to fucking kill something. Yeah. Like the idea of that message being like, like, okay, you found us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, she she does that and leaves the body the rest of the way, just kind of a little ways out from the rock. And she'll lay the stick rat, or she'll put the rat stick, like, in his gross head hole that's, like, uh, <laughs> on his Ugh. body. Yeah. <laughs> so that the rat's, right like, his head. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, with that, she kind of, like, wicks her hands of this blood. Or she licks it because she's a fox. No. <laughs> no. She grooms herself. Ew, that's gross. <laughs> Ew, disgusting. I like my butthole, but I, I draw the line at orc blood. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking it's gross, filthy. right? I bleach my asshole once a month, I'll let you know. No. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Star kind of wicks her hands, and she's like... She looks over to this head where she's left the eyes open and everything, too. Truly, I am sorry. Maybe not necessarily for you, but... Sorry that you were on the wrong side this time. Better luck in the next go. And she'll strut back towards, uh, base. And you come back, walking over the... Wooden gate that extends over the moat, and you go back up the ramparts to Jessica Spiritson. And she says, I trust it is done then. You're just covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's like her fur is nope, kind of soaked in this deep red um, <laughs> on her arms and probably in a couple of other places. And she's, I guess for flavor's sake, we'll say I took like a pinky toe or something and I put it in her hand. It's, it is done souvenir she gives you a thin grin and says your skills are just as sharpened as i hoped they'd be for your trouble and she pulls out this bottle and inside this maybe six inch clear glass bottle is this bolt of lightning that's just kind of jumping around you get a vial of moderate bottled lightning it's like a lightning grenade essentially Sick. I'm sure that'll go well whenever that comes back up. Yeah, that's not going to be something I regret, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens if I throw that into water that we're all in? 
<laughs> okay, and I know this episode's gone a little long, but we're uh That's fine. We're gonna make it a little longer. Ayla, how's your ass bone? How's your ass bone? <laughs> It's not my ass bone, it's my back. I didn't oh, hit right, my yeah. ass bone. I missed the ba- ass bone completely and I hit just, the back. I'm just checking in on the ass bone, though. I'm just, you know, Well, that's curious. fine. It's, okay. The rest well, of it good. is bad. Also, one last thing. I was trying to type lightning grenade in, in my notes, and it corrected to lightning granddad. So that's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do what? Lightning? Make sure you write down moderate as well. Yeah, I did. Good. We're going to moderate granddad. Severe <laughs> lightning granddad. He's only like 65. <laughs> he had a kid young. Yeah. Bo Cantrell. You are in the temple. You walk in and see Oracle Olsen with his young assistant. Acolyte, if you will. And the door opens and the acolyte says, Oracle, it's, it's Bo. Oh, Bo. Yes, perfect timing. Please, come. Um, He'll just walk in. How can I help? And... This old, very meticulously cared for tomb is being thumbed through on the altar by the acolyte. And tome? Being... Tomb? Tome. Did I say tomb? Mm-hmm. Tome. And the acolyte is sort of reading passages off to Oracle Olsen, and the Oracle's kind of nodding along and says, Bo, please, I... Unfortunately, I can't read from my ritual book any longer due to my sight. However, I I can still memorize the ritual, but I need you to assist me in in setting things up. Will you please arrange candles and a chalk outline of the holy symbol of Cosmios, please? And you can see, too, all the benches have been moved out of the way uh, to kind of create this open area. And if you're on roll 20, you'll see the map accurately reflect that. Even though everybody's here, but it's just you, Bo. Not everybody. Fancy. <laughs> Please, in in the center there, the symbol of Cosmios. I, I have chalks here and cand- candles here. And on one side, put this dark candle, uh, this tall black candle, and on the other side put this tall white one, please. This is very important, the placement. Do you understand? Yeah, of course. Bo will just start doing that. But probably along the way, um, in the most uncasual, casual way possible, just say, Oracle, um... Have you lost anything else during the cataclysm? Like what, Bo? I I don't know. I mean, someone I was traveling, someone I'm traveling with lost their entire form to another, 
It seems you've lost your sight. I apologize for I'm assuming that it that happened during the change, but I can only imagine what this thing can do. No need to apologize. Um, you're correct. I, I lost my sight, but... Well, I saw a great many things before that. Tell me, Bo, did you see something when this all happened? I did. I actually wanted to talk to you about it. Please, tell me. Well, I climbed a great staircase, and at the top I saw Cosmos' scale of light and dark. One way or another, they alluded that maybe I'm some kind of chosen person. It's hard to quantify. I don't really know what to think. I've just been trying to get here, and now I'm here. Yes, that's... That is a heavy burden, Bo. But I must confess, I have seen you far more recently than you may know. Like you, when this incursion happened, I was torn away from my mortal body. And the stars showed me things. Future. Futures to come. Or futures to prevent. Where you saw one moment with yourself, I saw thousands. I saw Flint covered in the blood of his friends and enemies no longer able to discern one from another. He was consumed by madness and soul-bound to nowhere. I saw Kiaren torn apart over and over again, piece by piece by demons unimaginable. There was Starlet gripping a fallen lover she had failed to save. The hate that burned in her heart turned it to stone. I saw Groth fail, fail to resist, to resist the allure of his lover again. He fulfilled a prophecy that seals the fate of Rel forever. I saw Shadow, the child. And I know of the child. Her spirit, trapped in the veil, unable to escape, unable to laugh again. Right then, Bo will say, you know Shadow. You know of her. I know of a great many things, Bo. We need to save her. That's the next thing. It's it's the next thing. It's the only thing. Perhaps. But please, Bo. Listen. Because worst of all, I saw you die. 
I saw all of you die. And just when I thought this nightmare would never cease to end, I saw you rise up and save them all. I saw you triumph and you were the most powerful avatar of Cosmios and you restored balance. But Bo, you are not that avatar right now. And this doom that lies in the heart of the mountain that spits darkness into our world, you are not ready for it. Do you understand? I understand, but these visions are too dark. They're, and as much as I believe that they have weight as minded, I don't think that could be. How can everyone fail? And that doesn't really make me successful if everybody's gone or failed around me. I saw many futures, Bo, and that one was not the only one, but it is the one I fear the most. Remember the lessons that you were told. Before you can bring balance to the world, bring balance to yourself. Bo's just kind of like, like he was kind of working while he was listening and talking, but by the end of it, he's just kind of, as he's talking, he starts just gesturing and stops what he's doing. It's just kind of quiet. And then he says, I didn't ask for this. I didn't... I don't want... to be bound to this. By this responsibility... of something I have no control over. And perhaps... that is why... you were chosen. You know I'll try my best. I always do. I just... I'm not even sure... What to do? Listen to your hearts and your instincts. Listen to your friends. You all have great potential. But to face... To face this thing threatening. To face... This God who cannot die. You must all be ready. And you are not ready yet. Well, if you have this clarity, this enemy, this thing we're fighting is faceless to us. And so what is it? What are we fighting? I have to check my notes. (laughs) You are fighting Something that has been buried a long time ago Tasked with killing something that cannot die You are fighting Zarox The Undying 
But please, Bo, let's finish this these preparations. Okay, I think for a second, and then just be like, yeah, yeah, and then he'll like try start focusing on what he has at hand. Okay. So, Bo, your check's going to be a little different because you're actually acting as the secondary caster for this ritual. So give me either a religion or an occultism check. Hmm. You are fighting Xanax, the cursed one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just don't really care. Oh, <laughs> uh, where the fuck? Okay. Yeah, I'll r- religion... I want to use my hero point. Okay. Reroll. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. No! <laughs> I caught oh, worse. It's fine. You have another reroll, right? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> can, I don't know if is I that can. How, is that how rerolls work? I think you I can only know. use it once, but you can take it better. Re- right. Uh, I, think I, I think it was a 22. 22 is mm-hmm. pretty good. That's not bad. I know, but I wanted a better score than that, and I have a plus uh, 14 religion, so there's absolutely no excuse for it, and it's like just really annoying, because I've been mm-hmm. rolling low every time we've played, it's true. so it sucks. I just want to be good once. But I think you... Yeah, I think you're just a little bit distracted. There's a lot on your mind from this conversation, and you're setting things up, and, and right as you sort of finish... Um you like just looking back over you're like fuck i forgot like a couple candles uh and the dark candle holding on one end of the scales of cosmos and you go get it you catch your mistake but it just wasn't quite perfect and then but i got there in the end right (laughs) you got there in the end and then oracle Olson says bo it is time go gather your friends and we will call forth kiaran's Fractured spirit. Ooh, shit. Here we go. And do not forget, Cosmios is within us all, but you stand alone. And we'll see you guys next time on the Reroll Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy this long episode. Because I don't know how to pace anything. <laughs> no, I mean, 90 minutes is good for everybody having a significant, like, character. Yeah. So, aside we're about. thing. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we could use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zingaring. The Chronicles of Rel theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. 
please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.